0: He saved me, boy. i am tell you what, I love him tonight. I love the Lord. Amen. Appreciate appreciate, Light of Calvary. Y'all doing a great job. Y'all pray tonight. Amen. For uh, Brother Wayne Sexton. We're just going to let him have it. Amen. I want you to obey the Lord, brother. God my friend. I know some of y'all may not know him. I'm just going to let the Lord introduce you to him. Make sure that's all right. How are we on? Amen, amen. Sound like we are, anyways. Well, I want to say it's a joy to be at amen. Calvary, Calvary amen. Baptist, amen. Mount Calvary, Calvary, Calvary Baptist. Yeah, joy to be here. And, uh, I met you, Pastor, some years ago, and it's just been a joy to amen. know you, my brother. And good to see Brother Lee back there. And, Met him up. I guess I met them both up, Brother Fraser's meeting. Uh, and I appreciate them. I appreciate their stand in, for the Lord. Well, I want to apologize for being late. I really wasn't late. It's 7 7.29 when I walked in the door. Amen. But if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. Yeah, yeah. That's about how it is. Well, I done made some of you mad, right? Listen. There. But that's that's just how it is in my mind anyway. I just had a little trouble with that GPS, but we got her. We got her. I tell you, my advice would be if you have one, throw it away. Yeah. they'll aggravate you to death. And we was going in circles there for a, for a little bit. And yeah. Finally, we got straightened out. Well, we. We're gonna meet for a week, if the Lord will. If I don't make Brother Puckett mad and him run me off, we're we're gonna we're gonna be here for a week. And what are we gonna do? I I just want to ask you on the front end. Here's here's what I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to just find God, be who I am, and preach to you what God puts on my heart. I don't have a lot of good stories to a lot of good stories or a lot of good jokes to tell. All I've got's the word of God. And Amen. Amen. Uh, that's enough. Yes, sir. That'll get the job done. And here's what we can do. We can just go through the motions this week. We can just pretend that we're putting our hearts in we ought to put our hearts in the service, don't you think right. that? Yes, It'd be all right if I just kind of warm up a little bit, brother. Uh, we ought to put our hearts in the service. I don't believe anybody disagree with that. And we, we can put on the front like we are putting our hearts in. it. That goes on a lot. We have a lot of meetings, nothing more than entertainment meetings. Not trying to be harsh. That's just the reality of it. Right. And so I, I want, I want, I want to ask you before we begin, before I we really start the week off, what are you going to do in this meeting? Bless your heart. Are you going to obey the Lord if He speaks to you? If I do find God and find the message He has for the hour, God will speak to your heart. Yes, sir. Some way he'll he'll speak to your heart. What are you gonna do when he speaks to your heart? You're gonna obey him or not obey? Are you gonna obey if he don't ask too much or you're gonna draw the line somewhere and say, "I, I, I just can't do that. Isn't that right? Isn't that where we're at a lot of times? And so I just ask you to ask yourself uh, what you're going to do this, what are you going to do this week? I I want to try to preach to you a very familiar text, just say a few things and I'll try to get out of the way, but I want to preach on this thought, you can make a difference. I, I I want you to think about you can make a difference. It appears to me there's not much going on in the realm of Christianity as a whole, right. not throwing off on any one church or any one individual, but it appears to me that the church has almost become a joke to the world. They, they look at us and they're not intimidated, they're not overwhelmed by the power of God seemingly, right. and I can say that from my church. Sinners come in lost, and they leave lost on, many preacher. times. And you wonder about the power of God. You wonder why. You see believers who have great potential, and they never achieve that potential. And you wonder why. Why? Why? Why is it they they don't go on? Why? Why is it they? seemingly get stuck and get caught up yeah. in the world. I want to go to a very familiar passage. Every preacher in the, in the house has probably preached from this. Every Sunday school teacher, no doubt, at times has taught from it. I'm going to end up in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, but I want to I lay a little background before we get there. And so I'm, I'm gonna start in Second Chronicles chapter number five and just uh, just say a few things and then I'm gonna, we'll get to chapter seven. I'll give you the burden of my heart this evening. Amen. Before I do that, I'd like to pray. Can I, can I just say this? If the Lord doesn't help us, we won't be helped. Right. Right. If you're dependent on me to help you, uh, you're going to be disappointed. But if the Lord will take what I say and and use it and open your heart and speak to you through his word, we'll get some help this week. We need the Lord. And so would you pray with me and for me and just ask the Lord to help me. Our dear Heavenly Father in Jesus' name, I come to you this week. Evening and I thank you Father for the blessings of life. I thank you for the privilege to be in your house among your people and to open your word. And Father, I I ask you tonight, if you would to please touch me, help me to say exactly what I need to say. Father, I ask you to help me to say it in the spirit that I need to say it in, in a spirit of love. And Father, I pray you open the hearts of your people as you did old Lydia there on the river bank that day. Open our hearts, Father, and speak to us. And do a work that only you can do. Lord, we need you. And if there's any unconfessed sin in my life that would hinder you, hinder you from using me, Father, I pray you'd forgive me and make me a. Vessel of honor that you can use for your glory. Please just speak through me tonight. Father, get us past all the formalities and just help us to get focused in on you. And I'll thank you and praise you for all you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 In 2 Chronicles chapter number 5 and verse number 1, I want you to get the setting. Solomon's going to pray in a little while, but I want you to get the setting of what's going on in chapter 5 and verse number 1. Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated and the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. So we see in chapter five, verse one, that the temple has been completed. That that seems to me to, may have been a high point in the children of Israel's life, a high point. And so if you were to look on in verses two through 10, the Ark of the Covenant was brought in. Another high point. The priest and the Levites gathered together, in verse 11 through 13, and they began to sing and praise the Lord. In verse number 14, if you were to look, uh, it says, it talks about a cloud in verse 13, even, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Here's, here's my point that I want to get across to you. This is a high day. I mean, God is everywhere. Uh, it, it looks like there would be no need to pray; just praise. Come on. Here's here's what you would think. You would think we ought not worry about praying. We ought to be worried about praising Him and exalting Him for what He has done. But Solomon does something rather odd in chapter chapter six. Uh, he begins. Uh, he testifies of the blessings to Israel and the blessing. he blesses Israel and talks of the blessings of God. Uh, let's look at verse number eight. I want to run just a little rabbit for you right here before we go any farther. It says, but the Lord said to David, my father, for as much as it was in thine heart to build a house for my name, Thou didst well, and that it was in thine heart. Now this has nothing to do with the message, but I want to give you just a little word of advice. Because something's in your heart doesn't necessarily mean that's the will of God for your life. Come on, come on. You need to get a hold to that come because I've seen you. a lot of folks get spiritually defeated because it was in their heart, yeah. but really it wasn't the will of God for their life. I think many of you no doubt have seen that. There's been things in my heart that I wanted to do at our little church and my just seemed like, uh, it just seemed like it's the right thing to do, but God never allowed that to happen. And I have to accept the fact that even though it was in my heart, it just wasn't the will of God. Y'all need to get a hold of that. And that has nothing to do with where we're headed. I'm just... I just want you to see uh, where we're at. And so Solomon, uh, he begins to pray in verse number 12 of chapter 6. He lifts up his hands and he gets ready to start praying verse 14 and said, "O Lord God of Israel, there's no God like thee in the heaven. And so he begins to pray in verse number 14. And here's what he prays. This is what hits me, hits me very odd. He prays regarding future sins of these folk who are enjoying the glory and the goodness yeah. of God. That strikes me odd. Come on, Why in the world would he be concerned about sin at a time when God has done, yeah. has accomplished such a great work? Why would that be? Well, I'm gonna say this to you, sin should always be a concern for your life. That's right. You may be flying away, you may think you're one of the great, you're, you're doing a great work, you may be doing that, but I want to say this, <coughs> excuse me, I want to say this, sin is always a future possibility no, for your life. No. Need to get a hold to that. Now, verse 24 says this, and I'm gonna read some of these verses where he deals with sin. And if thy people, (coughs) excuse me, y'all pray for me. My throat's uh, been, been a little off today. And if thy people Israel be put to the worst before the enemy because they have sinned against thee. Here he is, he's concerned about, he's praying for future Uh, a future situation when the people might have sinned. Look in verse 25. Then hear thou from the heavens and forgive their sin. Notice verse 26 about the second or third line depending on the font and the, uh, the, the type of Bible you have. Because they have sinned against thee. Verse 27, and forgive their sin. Notice verse 30, the second line in my my Bible of the verse, and forgive. Notice verse 36, if they sin against thee. And notice the par- the parenthesis in verse 36. For there is no man which sinneth not. Did did y'all did y'all get that? Right. There's no man that sinneth not. Can I can I just say this? You sin along the way. on, preacher. Hey, we're all dressed up. We have a little ties on, some of us do anyway, and we've got our Bible tucked under our arms. But can I just say this? You're a struggler. Right. That's right. You know why I know that? Because you have a flesh. Come yes. on, preacher. That's right. You have a flesh. You're going to struggle. And Solomon, the wisest man other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the wisest man that ever walked, I guess, on planet Earth, for there is no man which sinneth not. I believe that's right, don't Amen. you? Amen. Is there anybody can say, hey, I, I just don't sin? Hey, I, I, if you do, you're deceived. Come on. That's yeah. just how it is. And so if they, if they sin against thee, he's gonna talk about some things that they need to do. If you were to look in verse 39 of chapter six, and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. Now, keep in mind, this is a high day. I mean, man, we're flying away. Everything is going good. And and, and really nothing, I guess, particularly, but the man of God looks ahead and he says, Lord, there's gonna be sin. Let me just paraphrase. They're going to be sinned down the road, and if they sin, and he ties it to the temple, and they pray, and they they do some of these things they need to do, will you forgive them? That's that's where we're at in the text. And then I want you to notice this in verse six as well, and I'll get to where, uh, where I need to be. In verse 22, notice the word if. Notice the word if, verse 23, the word then. Verse 24, the word if, and if. Verse 25, then here. Notice verse 27, then here. Notice verse 28 and verse 29, if there be dearth in the land. Verse 29, then what prayer? Verse 30, then hear thou from heaven from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive. Notice verse 32, the last phrase, if they come and pray in this, this house, then hear thou from heaven. Here's, here's what I'm saying, he has an if then And here's what if says to us. If says, it, don't, it doesn't necessarily have to happen, come on. but it could happen. That's right. We don't have to sin, but we do sin. That, that's, that's exactly right. And so now we come down to chapter number seven. That's where I want to spend just a little time this, this evening. In verse number one, Solomon makes the end of prayer. He's through prayer. The, there is a high spirit in the house. Solomon has blessed Israel and blessed God and he has prayed regarding his concerns for the future and now he quits praying. And then we come to chapter number 12, verse number 12, let me say. Here's, here's where I want to spend just a little time this evening. And the Lord by the way, let me back up and give you verse number 10 so you see the condition of the people. And on the three and twentieth day of the seventh month, he sent the people away into their tents, glad and merry in heart for the goodness that the Lord had shewed unto David and to Solomon and to Israel his people. And so here is the people well satisfied. Everything's going good. But Solomon knows down the road, it's not gonna go good. And I wanna say to you, we would be naive to think that somewhere down the road, we're not gonna struggle, that we're not gonna struggle with sin. We will struggle with sin. You will struggle with sin. And so, here here is Solomon, he's finished his prayer, and the Lord is gonna answer him. Aren't you glad? If when you get real with God, he'll get real with you. And so here's what he says, and I will share with you what I want to look at for just a little while. And verse 12, and the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. And then he he begins, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among thy people. Now, I just wanna stop and say this before I get to my my text verse. The Lord is in charge of the weapon. right? Here's what he said, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Now, let me just say something, and it's angered people before when I've said it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. All these weather disasters we're seeing is the chastening hand of God upon our nation. Now, I I wouldn't say 100% of them necessarily, but a good part of those things that's happening is God's chastening hand upon our nation trying to get our attention. Wildfires, tornadoes, all those things. Can I say, destroying homes and uprooting people's lives, he's trying to get their attention to turn back to him. He uses the weather from time to time. And can I say, he uses the locust when he gets ready. That's right. Can you think about that? Just a little something as little as the locust. He can take a locust and destroy their future. Oh, yeah. He need a, he can take the locust and destroy all the crops and they'll have nothing to, to eat next year. Just a little locust. That's hey, he can take a little nothing and do great damage with it when he chooses to. Right. Right. And so we see we see the locust would devour the land or a pestilence among among the people. I wonder about all these diseases and COVIDs and all these things that's going on today. You reckon God has a hand in that? I mean, just food for thought for you. You reckon, you reckon God's trying to get man's attention? My, he can use pestilence to get our attention. And implied in that verse is that his that there is sin among his people. But then God says this, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Amen. That's where I want to spend just a few minutes this evening, and I, wanna, I want you to keep in mind where I'm headed. You can make a difference. Yeah. I, I want to say this, this. This church is not, compared to some churches, not a great size wow. church. Looks like you run about 50 or 60, probably on a good day, 70 or 75. Uh, But the fact of the matter, a lot of people would look at this and say, you can't do anything. But I wanna say to you, you can do something. You can make a difference. That's right, and the fact of the matter is, you are making a difference. You're either making a difference for good, or you're making a difference for bad. One way or the other, you're either an excuse for somebody not to serve God, or you're an example for somebody to serve God. That's exactly right, that's where you're at. But I, I want to look what God God is saying to, the, to Solomon that his, that his people can make a difference. Now, I want you to look at these. I want to mention five things, and I'll be through this even. Number one is a principle that we say. Number two, I want to look at a people. And then I want to look at the precepts required for obedience. And then I want to look at the power of God for just a few minutes. And so the first thing I see is a principle. And that is the Bible contains both conditional and non-conditional promises. A conditional promise is this, church. It says, if you will do a particular thing, then I will do something. If you will live right, then I'll honor, if you'll honor me, then I'll honor you. You know why a lot of people's in the shape they're in? Saved by the grace of God, you know why that is? They have not honored God like they ought to, and God will not honor them. Amen, that's just how it is. I know that's not always the case. I know, I know that good, bad things happen to good people. But the fact of the matter is when you ignore God, leave him out of your life, you're headed downhill, and your family most likely is headed downhill as well. Amen. That's right. Oh my, we see a we see a principle here of a conditional promise. If you will, I will. That's what God said. What are you willing to do? Let me, let me say it to you like this. What's God ask you to do? And you said, no, not gonna do it. That's too much. That would require too much sacrifice. That, that would alter my lifestyle too much. If you will, God will. If you want, God might, but there's a good chance God won't. Amen. Amen. There's a lot, there's a lot of conditional promises in the Word of God. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it shall be given you. James says you have not because you ask not. Isn't that right? right. To get you have to ask. Now, sometimes God will grant us things, but if there's something you're needing from God, he expects you to ask it. Isn't that, isn't that conditional? That's what it says. It says, seek and ye shall find. Right. You're not gonna find if you don't seek. Isn't that right? Amen. Knock and it shall, shall be open. That's right. It's not gonna be open unless you knock. My, we could just go on. You could just pick them out all through the word of God, he expects us to do his do our part. Lester Roloff said this one time, I've never forgot it. He said God feeds the little birds but he doesn't throw it in the nest for them. He expects them to do their part. He expects you to do your part. I'm afraid God can't do his part because we won't do our part. Amen. Are you doing your part? Are you going to do your part this week? Uh, Are you going to do your part? Where are you with God? That's what I'm asking. Are you serious about God? You don't know man. I don't know you. You don't know if I'm serious. I don't know if you are. But God knows. knows. You're playing with God. He knows you're playing with him. Oh, I challenge you today. Whatever God Amen. has for you, do it. Amen. Just do what He wants you to do. Amen. Amen. We see a principle. We see a principle there. Uh, conditional promise: if you do your part, and God said, "I'll do mine, mine," and then we see who can make a difference. We see who can make a difference. Isn't it it amazing who we blame everything on? I mean, our country's in the shape it's in because of the Democrats. Well, there's probably a little truth to that. (laughs) Well, I done messed up, ain't it? It The duck. But then the next bunch says the country's in in the shape it's in because of the Republicans. And then the next one says it's our school system. Come on, preacher. And can I say they're all corrupt? Yeah, yeah. Let, let me just tell you something. Put a Democrat and a Republican in a bag, shake them up, dump them out. You won't tell a nickel's worth of difference in them. Well, that's right. Amen, preacher. Amen. And I do believe you have to vote the moral issues. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to dissuade. And I know governments of God. I'm telling you, there's wickedness on both sides. There's wickedness in the school system, but that's not what's destroying our country. That's right, I'm gonna tell you what's destroying our country. It's God's people failing to obey what God wants them to do. That's
1: right.
0: If you take verse 14 and really analyze it, here's the here's the. There's a people group that God said can move me to heal the land. That's right. and you know who it was? His people. I'm gonna tell you why we're where we're at because the church is where it's at. You're right. I, I'm not trying to be, maybe it sounds like I'm just trying to beat and bang and, and beat it, beat on you, but that's that's not it at all. I'm telling you, I think we have slipped a long ways from where God would have us to and until God's people, till they get serious about God, till they get in this thing and say, hey, I'm gonna do what you want me to do. I'm afraid there's no hope for us. Now, let me just take a step farther. It's more than just God's people, but I'm gonna tell you where God's people's fails in the home. We, we don't have a young people problem. We have a parent problem. Come on, preacher. That's right. That's good. I'm not going to preach on the home tonight. Maybe I will one day this week. But I, I want to tell you this. I'll tell you what's wrong in our country and what's wrong with these young folk is because they've got parents that not honored God, not tell put it. God tell first, it. and not taught them that God has priority in Amen. you there, preacher. Amen. You know that's right. is it? Is, is that right or is it not? Yeah, really, right. am I just telling, them. here's what you gotta ask yourself. Is the preacher, has he just, is he just on slow burn or is really is he telling the truth? Right. Is that the truth? Is our homes, our, our church homes, are they in a mess? Right. You know they are. Right. You know that's right. But, but I want you to notice well, he said, "If my people, which are called by my name, now I understand this is. By the way, I should have said this on the front end. This is a Jewish text, but there's application for our day. Yes, you need to understand that we don't have no trouble with Psalm 23. Come on, but then we come to some other text and we say, well, that 'Well, don't apply to me. This does apply yes, to does. you.' Yes, it does. That's right." Maybe I should have said that before I got started. But then he he says this, we see see a principle and we we see a people. Don't go around blaming it on Trump or the Democrats or the Republicans or the school system. Look in the mirror. Let's let's look at ourselves. Are we what we ought to be? Are we taking the stand? Are we raising our children like we ought to? If my people, which are called by my name, that's us, that's us. But then he said he gives some precepts to move in him to helping us. There's some little precepts he mentioned. Number one, he said, if you would humble yourself. Have you ever lived in a time that we're so proud? God's people so proud, they don't want the preacher to know. They're, they're ashamed to come to the altar. What would people think yeah. if we come to the altar? They'll think I'm not right with God. You know what that is? That's pride. Tell it, tell it. That's pride. We're eat up with pride. Yeah. I've never seen such proud people in our day. Yeah. I, I'm talking about not only not only on the pews, but in the pulpit. Tell it, preacher. Go ahead. Go ahead. Those preacher so proud. Let me tell you, we we don't have anything to be proud about other than the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done in our life. You just give him the credit. My, he said, first of all, you're gonna have to humble yourself. And I could go to all the text on humility and you know, God resisteth the proud. But giveth grace to the humble. You know why a lot of people don't get, do not get help? they will not humble themselves before God. And here's what you've got to ask yourself, am I proud? If you're proud, forget it. If you've got pride in your life, I don't know if you have much of a chance of, of, of doing business with God. Ah, we could, I could, I could just, I, I, yeah, I've got that one down here. Proverbs says, God hates a proud look. Right. Just a look. Just that proud, that proud look. You've seen people, my, you said this, ain't nobody thinks as much of him as he does himself. <laughs> I've seen preachers like that. Yeah. Nobody loves to hear him preach any more than they do. Yeah. They love to hear themselves. Yeah. They love to be up. I tell you, a lot of this stuff is loaded with pride and God's not in a hundred miles of it. That's exactly right. I tell you what it do is good to come down, bow before God and say, I'm nothing, God. Oh, God, pride's me me. I realize I'm nothing. Help me. Help me. First thing he said, I, I don't know. I like to think he put a priority on humility there. I don't know, but that's the first thing that was mentioned. That's where you're gonna have to start at if you're serious this week. You're gonna have to lay your pride aside. And maybe I'm being harsh, he may be the most humble crowd. This is what God gave me to preach. That's what he gave me to preach. I don't know what to do. I'd, I'd be wrong not to preach. It. Just obey him, amen. Isn't that right? Amen. That makes me think if he give this to me to preach, maybe somebody's struggling with pride in their life. He said, we're looking at the precepts. He said, we're gonna have to uh, humble ourselves and pray. And he didn't leave prayer just right there. He said, you, You're going to have to seek my face. Here's, here's what we, we do. We just kneel down and pray our little prayers. Dead is a hammer. Dead is a hammer. You know what's wrong. How many of you could pray and just hold your eyes open and not even be thinking about it and say a prayer? You know you could. How, how, let me just ask this question Are your prayers real? I think about Jacob. He wrestled all night to get a blessing. I've never prayed all night. Have you? Don't you don't have to answer. I'm just I'm giving you questions for you just to ask yourself. There's Jacob. I think about that widow woman. I'm the old judge said, I'm not bothered by the widow woman, but she just keeps, I'm not afraid of the widow woman, I forgot the word in the text, but because she just keeps bothering me, I'm gonna answer her. There was one time in my life, and I i don't know, maybe I'll not tell it, and you may think less of me, I've, I've got a daughter that went through a divorce, and my little granddaughter was in the balance, I'm telling you, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything but just pray. Yeah. Oh God, deliver her from from the ungodly dad that she had. Deliver her. He was using her as a pawn to get back and be mean to our side of the family. I got to pray, and man, I just could not quit. I just couldn't. There was, there was no. It wasn't anything I could control. It was just, it was consuming me. And can I tell you, God came through on that. He heard, he heard my cry. My cry. God in His, I got in his presence. I saw his face. And that word "saw" means to look for, to hunt, to search out. My, if you'll just... If you have a need, if you'll stay with God and you'll seek his face and you'll get in his presence, I'm telling you, there ain't no telling what God might do. He saw this, he said, here's what they gotta do, they gotta humble themselves, they gotta pray, they gotta seek my face. And here's the hard part, got to turn from their wicked ways. That's repentance. Say whatever you want to say, you can boil it down, but it comes back to repentance. You see, you had to repent when you got saved. But if you truly got saved, you're repenting from now on. I have to repent all the time. God, I'm wrong and you're right. If you'll forgive me, I'll quit what I'm doing. And try to go your way. That's right. How as long's as it been since we just, with an honest heart, we just said, "God, you're right, and I'm wrong." You see, all those tied together. It takes humility to say I'm wrong. It, it takes humility, and it takes prayer and seeking His face to touch God. When you get there, you better be ready to repent old Isaiah in chapter 6 said this I saw the Lord high and lifted up going down there a little bit he said woe is me the godliest people I know think the less the least of themselves because they're close to God and the closer you get to God the more disgusted you will see who you are that's right Oh, my. Here's what he said. I see some precepts. We see the principle. And we see a people. And we see some precepts that must be obeyed. Then I want you to see the power of God. He said, he said, then, if, if they don't, this this is this doesn't hold good. It's what he's saying. But if they will, then I'll do some. These people can can move God. Think about that. Being able to move God, his people can move him to do to do what needs doing. That, that's unbelievable! You can move God. Oh, my little granddaughter, without a shadow of a doubt, I move God on her behalf. Oh, and I'm not I'm not trying to build me. I'm nobody, but I'm one of His, and I humble my heart and I pray and I saw His face and move God to help me. And whatever your need is, you can move God. Oh, my, that that stirs me up. You can move God. Oh, my little on you, you can move God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, amen. Here's what God said he'll do, he would hear. Here's what Isaiah 59 and one says. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, nor is air heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You reckon maybe those little sins, by the way, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. That's right. That's right, it's not, there's probably not a murderer in here. Maybe not a child molester. Maybe, maybe not think of the worst sin you can think of. Maybe not. There may be somebody that's not come clean with God. That's right. And you know what he said? He said, your iniquities have kept me from hearing your prayer. Right. You, do you reckon just maybe, possibly, Our sins have kept God from hearing our prayers. I I don't know. It did in the Old Testament. I'll tell you what I think. I think it does many times. God's not playing games. He's not in the game playing. You're serious with him. This is serious business this week. I mean, we can come out here and have a good time and everybody can fellowship, but I'm going to tell you, this is serious business. This, this, The things we're dealing with, eternity is involved. That's right. What you do this week may affect the salvation of your loved one or, or your neighbor or somebody that's dear to you. It's serious. God don't... He doesn't play. God doesn't play. We play with Him and think we're getting by. You're not. You're not fooling God. You can fool the preacher. You fool the pastor. You can't. You can't fool God. You can't fool Him. You have some little sins there, keeping your prayer from being answered. Here's what God's. Here's what He said in this passage. I will, if they will pray, let, let, me, let me give you all for them. If they will humble, thank you, they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And lastly, and turn from their wicked ways. Now listen to what he said. Then I will hear. I will forgive. And I will heal. What more could you want? There's restoration. He can help us. If you'll meet meet God, he'll meet you. You can move God to do for our good, for our country's good. Where are we at, church? I, I, I just ask you, where are we at? And where are we going? Are we even serious about serving God? I mean really right there's a remedy. Don't blame the Democrats, blame yourself. Well my homes my homes are I understand people have free choice and as kids get older they have this and that. I, I understand that. I've had a wayward daughter. I have I have grieved. I have felt so convicted and condemned that I failed her somewhere. Although I raised her like my other two children, I feel like surely I found her somewhere. I I guess I did. I'm not trying to be critical, but I can tell you this. She's not what she ought to be, but she's in church today. I'm telling you, God can help us. That's what I'm trying to just say to you. If you will... God will, it may not be on your time and it may not be immediate, but if you will, God will. Now here's where I brought you to, it's your decision. You've got to decide, am I where I'm supposed to be or really, preacher, there's some things that's not what they ought to be. And here's my question, what are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna humble yourself? Here's here's what I suspect probably in the biggest part of our lives all of us have something that we know we ought to give up or something we ought to do that God has spoke to us about and we just haven't done anything about it. I suspect that because we have a flesh. I want to ask you would you be honest with God tonight? Let's bow our heads and I'm going to turn it over to the preacher after I After I pray, our dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this evening. Lord, just take this feeble effort that I I put out and speak to your people. Please, open, open their hearts to receive and help us not to just be hearers, but help us to be doers of your word. Do what needs doing this evening in this assembly. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for all you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And amen. Brother (laughs) Puckett.